Hello, loyal listeners. No song parody to follow. You're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your sick and twisted amusement. I'm Quirky McWhat. Record scratch. Car crash. Hundreds dead. I'm actually Daniel Barnes. I am a film critic here in Sacramento, California. Sunny. Too sunny, honestly, for my liking. And with me, as always, is my co-host, comedian, funny man, local funny man, Corky McDonald. Hi, everyone. (laughs) See? Funny off the bat. I just said hi, everyone. As Daniel said... On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. A run-of-the-mill bad film is a dare. We give a double dare to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for those despised movies, which they actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we are flipping the script, and we are catching up on some of our dares sent in by our listeners. These are movies... That listeners of the show, you the loyal listeners that I referenced in my opening, dared us to watch and review on the show. Um, And hopefully this will also be a chance just to thank our listeners. We're getting to a point with our podcast now. We're in year four. Yeah. We're coming up on episode 100. What? We we really have 130 or 40 when you count all the mini episodes and things like that. But official episodes, we're close to 100. And we are also, just to let you behind the curtain a little bit, we are... Just creeping up on 20,000 total downloads in the history of the show, which is kind of crazy because I know, Corky, you've only, you, you've only downloaded like seven or 8,000. Yeah, those, exactly. Right? Only seven or eight of, the, of those are me. <laughs> so, like, there's twelve or 13,000 unaccounted for out there. So, that's just pretty, honestly, pretty amazing. So, hopefully, this will be a chance to thank our listeners for the show, recap the show a little bit. Talk about some of our most popular episodes, our least popular episodes. Yeah. And we're also quirky. This is going to be a little bit of a game element to the show as well, because we're going to read a bunch of dares. By the end of the show, you will pick one of these dares and it will be our next show. It'll so this is there's a there's a game element to this here. It's like I'm a winner and a loser at the same time. Because <laughs> I get to pick a shitty movie that I have to endure. You get to pick the instrument of your destruction. <laughs> This is, it's Goza and the Ghostbusters so all over again. I'm the key master. You're the gatekeeper. <laughs> I think we've always known this, Dan. Choose the form. <laughs> Corky, before we get started, though, additional thoughts on any of our recent episodes? Uh, for example, Speed 2, Cruise Control, The Last Man. Any additional thoughts pop up there? I'm, it's just shocking that Speed 2 was made by grown adults who had worked True. in the film industry before and had lived on Earth for a while. <laughs> Uh, just because it, it's you had all this money and you did that with it and nobody thought along. Oh fuck, this makes no sense. Yeah, like Last Man's just bad. Like they had a vision and they stuck to it and it was shit. It was but awful. Speed Two is just like the choices they made were because they didn't make any choices. If that no. makes sense, they're like, let's just watch Shooty Boom Booms blow ups. <laughs> yeah, Speed Two uh, of the of our two most recent films is arguably the worst film but it's so much more interesting to talk about than the last man something that kind of popped up to me uh last week and as i was thinking as i'm still thinking about speed two calling <laughs> cruise control but something that popped up to me i talked a little bit about like clarity and simplicity of the first speed as compared to the second speed let's just compare real quickly here 
Dennis Hopper's character in Speed and right. Willem Dafoe's character in Speed 2, Colin Cruise Control. They're basically the same character on a, on a number of levels. They're a cackling terrorist. Yeah. They, they want to see, they want revenge and they want money. And they want to play this kind of cat and mouse game with the hero of the film. All right. So the same basic guy, right? Let's go back to the first speed. So Dennis Hopper's character in the first scene, his original attempt, his original terrorist ransom attempt is foiled by Keanu Reeves' character. Boom. You have inspiration for him to want to play this cat and mouse revenge game with the hero. We, as we go on, we find out he used to be a member of the bomb squad. That explains why he's so good at bombs. Yeah. He also was disgraced and kicked off the force. Here's why he wants revenge against police, and here's why he needs money. Is it brilliant writing? No. No. But you can draw a straight line between who he is as a character, his motivations, and his actions. Now let's compare him to Willem Dafoe. He is a computer expert who wants revenge against this company that has stolen his computer and fired him or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he has the revenge element, but also he's sick, and that's why he wants revenge. He takes over the ship because he has computers, but he's also a bomb expert. He does want money, but not unmarked bills like any terrorist would want. He wants famous diamonds. (laughs) Is he also a diamond fence? In addition to being a computer engineer and a bomb expert, and he has no connection to the hero. He doesn't even know who he is until the second half of the movie when suddenly he does know who he is and wants to play this cat and mouse game. There's no connection to him. His plan works. He could get away very easily. He just decides, now my motivation is to fuck with Jack. (laughs) (laughs) He's also very bad at hallways. Yo, yeah, not great at hallways. No. (laughs) <laughs> well, one last thing I do want to say about Speed 2 Cruise Control is we had s- several true listener tests. That we, we're getting more people passing these true listener tests. And I want to say anytime we say Speed 2 Cruise Control, we actually mean Speed 2 Collision Course. That name yes. is brought to us by Ding Longnecker. <laughs> or Speed 2 Murder Boat. That's I from like DP. That. Yeah. Murder Boat just sounds so much better. I, right? I already like the movie better already. Corky, one more thing before we get into our dares. I was talking at the start of the show about how we're going to reveal some of those popular episodes of the show. So I did go on. We do have Blueberry stats for our show. We don't really talk about this very much. Right. But I did go in there. We do know how many uh, downloads per episode, unique downloads and total downloads. So I went in and I compiled it. Total downloads all together. And we're going to reveal the top 10. And we're going to tease it throughout the show. But I'm going to just get us started by giving us 10 through 6 right now. Are you ready, Quirky? So the 10th most popular to the 6th most popular. 10th most popular. 10th most downloads of all of the 90-some movies that we've reviewed on the the show. Okay, of the film review episodes. Not our fantastic mini episodes that people should definitely go check the back library of. Definitely go check them out, but they're not even in the running for this. (laughs) Not even close. But this is 10 through 6 right here, total downloads. And uh, I should also say for episodes that were released as a rerun i counted both of those together because it's the same basic show number 10 god's not dead 2 wow god's not dead 2 not the last time you'll hear god's not dead in this countdown quirky <laughs> little little teaser there for you number nine angels and demons remember our little trip into the mind of dan brown and ron howard yeah i mean that was just uh not inferno though angels and demons over Inferno. So far, a very celestial list. Oh, it gets celestialer. Oh, Trust okay. me. Is it celestialist? <laughs> it's one of it's a celestialist list. 
Number eight, Love Actually. Uh, I mean, that's a classic. Classic episode and just a classic memory of Gav from Films on Trial. Flying all the way from London. Just for that. And then taking a bus all the way from the Bay Area and then taking a bus right back right after the show. Absolutely amazing Um, stuff. And now we're just like, boy, that was pointless. We could have just done a remote episode the entire time. But goddamn, bless you so much for coming out. It was such a great show. Number seven, Ultraviolet. Wow. A film that you and I both often talk about as being arguably the worst film we've ever reviewed. And it is one of our most popular episodes. So good. Our pain was not completely for nothing. Number six, Fifty Shades Mm. Trilogy. You want to talk a classic, maybe our first classic episode. The one where Uh, we kind of felt like, wow, we got something here. This is fun. We got something here. Of course, that could have been because we had like four beers during the show (laughs) apiece. (laughs) The big growler style uh, beers. Oh, yes. Yeah, we were not fucking around. So that's 10 through 6. We'll get into the other five as we get into the show. But first, Corky, do you want to read our first dare? First dare comes to us on the list from Gunnar Pearson, one of the new Uprising oh, yeah. stars. Oh, really? Fandom. He has been. I got a, a bunch of Gunnar Pearson dares in here. I would say that Gunnar is gunning mm. for that number one spot. I would say he's a Pearson <laughs> to be reckoned with on this list. That's why I'm a local comedian, folks. Gunner uh, is of Deadly Attraction fame. Checked out that episode. His dare number one is Black Easter. Ooh. This is a 2021 film written and directed by Jim Carroll. Not the people who died guy. No. Different guy. Who, what's people who've died? Is that a movie? No, that's the song. Those are uh, people who died, died. Yeah. You know, Jim Carroll band, the Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries. Diaries. That's what I know him from. He's just an act that I uh, skipped at Lollapalooza one time. There you go. <laughs> Why did Gunner dare us Black Easter? The premise of Black Easter is that Islamic terrorists build a time machine to go back in time and assassinate Jesus Christ before he is put up on the cross. Sure. Black Easter is actually a re-edit of the movie Assassin 33 AD, which was an already terrible movie that the re-edit made even worse. The two versions of this movie are nearly identical in terms of the shots and cuts that are used. However, Black Easter adds the most condescending, exposition-giving voiceover I have seen in a movie. Uh, Not heard in a movie? which completely <laughs> ruins the tone of the movie. Black Easter also tacks on some dumbass sequel bait to the end of the movie. The IMDb synopsis for Black Easter, an extremist group travels back in time to assassinate Christ before the crucifixion. The fate of the world now depends on the genius with no faith <laughs> and a man who has lost his. Wow. That just sounds like a movie that should not have been made and then not made again just as the same movie with a voiceover but it sounds <laughs> yes. pretty amazing i tell you gunner gunner's dares that he is sending us they are they're they're really obscure i mean yeah. we've been kind of trending towards the obscure of, of late on the show i think but gunner really goes for it and they they seem much like deadly attraction to be just utterly fascinating type yeah. films i'm just like where are you finding these man i mean this is like these are not like well-known bad movies at all. And I actually have another one uh, right up here on Dare Number 2 from Gunnar Pearson. Ryan's Babe. Hmm. Ryan's Babe. I already hate this movie. The name. <laughs> I just hate the name so much. Unless this is like some fucking Babe the Pig movie I've never Unless heard it's of, part but. of my search to get listener Ryan Elteria boyfriend. <laughs> if this is the movie of that, then I'm in. Absolutely. 
So Ryan's Babe, it's a 2000 film written and directed by Ray Ramaya. It stars Bill the Vasseur, Alex Hayden, and Catherine Rosini. Why, Gunner? Why? He says, Ryan's Babe is one of the most uniquely bad movies ever made. This movie is usually called Canada's The Room. <laughs> That's wow. Wow. That's funny because uh, Canada is often called United States as the room. <laughs> hey! oh, I'll be here all week. Take that, Ripping America's on Canadians. <laughs> Ryan's Babe probably has the highest concentration of batshit crazy moments of any movie that has ever been made. This movie short-circuited my brain every couple of minutes. Mm. I don't really know how to describe this movie because it is so unique that I think it genuinely defies genre. The best I have been able to come up with is that this movie feels like the nightmares of a guy who has only had bad experiences with women. IMDb synopsis of Ryan's Babe. A young man embarks on a road trip hoping to solve his life's problems along the way. Yeah, this also just sounds amazing. Like, amazingly yeah. terrible, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You, know you I mean? say Canada's the room, and now you've piqued my interest. <laughs> you, you've set a low bar. <laughs> a very low bar that we, uh, any movie could hurdle, but still, wow, could it go under that bar? That's we the real saw question. Beyond the Seventh Door, right? So we what, did that. It, <laughs> that's Canada's Battlefield Earth. I mean, what? How is that? <laughs> what, what's the ratio of that? Yeah, and what I don't happens, know what the exchange rate is. Canada's the room. Is it just like I'm sorry, Lisa? <laughs> They play hockey instead of throwing a football around. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Gunner, you're awesome. Yes. We're going to hear more from you later in the show because you've been bringing the heat. So we got a few uh, We got a few dares from you. And uh, you also gave us some money, which we, we definitely appreciate. So Fantastic. super Thank fan, you, Gunner. Gunner Pearson. Dare number three comes from another longtime fan of the show and frequent, collab- uh, frequent mm-hmm. contributor, Colin Williams. His movie Dare. Oh, also, Colin was the first one to pass the true listener test with Gravedigger's lyrics. Oh, yeah. asked for at the end of an episode. Oh, yeah. He spit them out. His movie Dare is Seventh Son. Seventh Son is a 2014 movie directed by Sergei Bodrov, starring Ben Barnes, Julianne Moore, and Jeff Bridges. Julianne Moore of Assassin's fame, I should say. That's right. She was in Assassin's. uh, And R.I.P. Richard Donner, by the way, just passed. Oh, really? Well, yeah. R.I.P. Why did Colin dare us, Seventh Son? I'm hesitant to dare you this one, he says. Considering I recall you are both the Seventh Sons of Seventh Sons. That is factually <laughs> correct. But I really just insist you subject yourselves to this bing. Do I? Now I'm just going to I'm gonna do the dings, and I'm just going to play someone else saying turd in the background. <laughs> Which will you enjoy more? Jeff Bridges' weird demeanor or the big plate of ham served up by Julianne Moore. The IMDb synopsis of Seventh Son. When Mother Malkin, the queen of evil witches, escapes the pit she was imprisoned in by professional monster hunter Spook decades ago and kills his apprentice, he recruits young Tom, the seventh son of the seventh son, to help him. Yeah, great dare from Colin Williams. And I was kind of looking back as I was preparing this episode to see, have we ever actually done a Colin Williams dare? He's dared us a bunch. We have never done a Colin Williams dare. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to be this one because I've actually not only seen this movie, but I reviewed it back in 2014 for the Sacramento News Uh. Review. So I'll, I'll post that review on the post for the show. But 
Probably not going to be that one, but Colin Williams does have a few other good ones that we've read on the show, so maybe we might have to go back and give Colin some love. Yeah, it's not because uh, we don't love you, Colin. It's because Dan's already done it, and we try to stay away from those that he's already done and reviewed. Yeah, absolutely. But the dares keep them coming. Corky, let's what? get back into our most popular episodes. Okay. We're counting it down here, all right? Just to recap, at number 10, God's Not Dead, 2, 9, Angels of Demons, 8, Love Actually, 7, Ultraviolet, 6, 50 Shades Trilogy, number 5, Corky, mm. The Holidays. People love our holiday episodes. They love them! They get in that holiday spirit, and they say, how can I ruin this? How, <laughs> like, I'm inside with my family, there's fired marshmallows, and they're just like, how can I make this worse? Well... One way you can make it worse is to watch the film Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Oh, yes. One way you can make it better for everyone is to play our episode where we review Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas because it is a delight. (laughs) Gather the kids. Gather the family. (laughs) Get grandma and grandpa's. (laughs) Hey, wake up. This might be your last Christmas with grandma. You want to share this with her. <laughs> Come on. We're if all you, thinking it. If you share this with her, I guarantee you it's the last Christmas. She's never coming to your house for Christmas She's going to sing George Michael's Last Christmas and bounce. And you're going to be confused because how does grandma know the words to that song? And it's actually not appropriate to the situation, but it will be your last Christmas. Yes. What an experience. Just the oh fact that I've watched that movie, it, it really kind of blows my mind when I, when I think back on some of these movies that we've watched. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. No, it's, it's not, not a movie. movie. It ends at like the 52-minute mark, and then the, the last half hour is like hip-hop dancing and like credits with outtakes and bloopers. <laughs> I mean, okay, so my favorite part of the movie is when he lays down and looks at the presents under the Christmas tree and Kirk Cameron mm. describes how that is comparative to <laughs> the buildings in heaven. Like he's, it's the city in the kingdom of heaven. So oh. Kirk's talked to the uh, architect who designed heaven, right? <laughs> but my favorite part of our episode is when Kirk tries to mollify the crowd that the baby Jesus is n- the actor on state on scene is really not the baby Jesus. He goes away. He's going to come back. Nothing happened to the baby. Right. Oh my God. It's such, it's so, no. it treats like, the, the audience like they're so dim-witted. Like babies because like as though the, they don't have object permanence yes. and by like this representation of the baby Jesus disappearing, he'll never come back. Like how the fuck? No, what? God, that's toddler level yeah. like, thinking. Yeah. I think one thing we can all agree on is that uh, Derry Doan needs to be uh, in more movies. The the guy really? who played the, the brother in law of <laughs> Kirk Cameron's shitty sister. She is just not happy that entire party she's throwing. And that no. and married to that guy, I, I can't blame no. her. Her life is a nightmare. Absolutely. That was nightmare. also that was dared by Gav from Films on Trial. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Gav, you're getting shout outs in this episode. All right, let's get back into the dares. Another frequent dare, and somebody who we have actually reviewed a couple of his dares, our boy Marco Cabodi. What's up, Marco? Cabodes. The, this cabode well for us. He's, of course, dared us to watch Ultraviolet and mm-hmm. Cutthroat Island. Those movies were both quite bad, although I think you were not as harsh on Cutthroat Island as No, there were some parts I really liked. Ultraviolet was absolutely amazing. His movie dare, Three Musketeers from 2011. 
in I should mention going back to Colin Wood, <laughs> back in 2018, he dared us to watch The Musketeer, which is a 2001 film and is different. It's not the same movie. But, I mean, there's one where you could just make it a Musketeer Fest. Ooh. This Three Musketeers, which I actually have seen, is from 2011. It's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. W.S., so different dude than the Phantom Thread director. Stars, of course, Mila Jovovich. She's married to Paul W.S. Anderson. Logan Lerman. Orlando Bloom. Many others. That's like a pretty decent cast. Mads yeah. Mikkelsen's in it. Christoph Waltz is in it. Why, Marco, do you want to watch this movie? I'm sure it's perfectly good. He says, hi, guys. I figured I'd offer another in the Mia Jovovich legendarium, though this time in a supporting role. In this steampunk-adjacent 3D adventure from Paul W.S. Anderson, you will have the pleasure to see a decent cast putting on their dinner theater best, but most importantly, you will get to see Orlando Bloom in his only delightful acting turn not playing an elf as the scenery-chewing villain, the Duke of Buckingham. Overall, it's a pretty light film, and I thought it hard to be terribly offended by it. And while it has the usual Paul W.S. Anderson problem of not even bothering to sketch out characters in favor of stupid 3D tricks, there are some fun, silly performances from Bloom, Freddie Fox, and Mads Mikkelsen, as well as some goofy nonsense with fucking airships for some reason. Anyway, you two are great. Marco Cabote. Marco, thank you so much for the dare. IMDb synopsis of The Three Musketeers. From 2011, there's been a million Three Musketeers movies. Hot-headed young D'Artagnan, along with three former legendary but now down on their luck Musketeers, must unite and defeat a beautiful double agent and her villainous employer from seizing the French throne and engulfing Europe in war. Quirky, have you seen this film? No, I have not. I've I don't think I've ever seen any Musketeer movie. It's actually not that bad. I've I've seen several Musketeers movies going back to some of the ones from the 30s, the one with Gene Kelly. I've seen that one. So I've seen a bunch of Musketeers films. It is one of those things kind of, again, going back to an old episode, when we go think of King Arthur, Legend yeah. of the Sword, which I think was episode six, we talked a little bit about why is this movie made? Well, because it's fucking free to make. You don't have to pay any money to like Stephanie Meyer to like make, you know anything you don't need to pay jk rowling a goddamn thing like it's it's in the public domain which is why musketeers is something that's going to keep coming back and yeah. back and back and back and back over and over in all these different forms so this movie yet yeah, has this like steampunk kind of thing it has it has a little more action in 3d the one from 2001 seems like that was again like its own kind of a thing uh, you know they they just it's something that always is going to get brought back and updated because it's there it's in the public domain and it can always be made all right, next dare comes to us from, I mean, we're, we're running down the roll call of oh boy. heavy hitter dares. Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T of Big Money Hustlers and Norbit fame. Yeah, that, that, that that's some hot stuff. That is high heat coming right at you. His dare is Grunt, the wrestling movie. Great name. This is a 1985 movie directed by Alan Holzman, stars Magic Swartz. Steve Strong, and Marilyn Dodds-Frank. I love her column. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Mr. Positivity dare us grunt, he says? Grunt, the wrestling movie, is low-budget, mid-80s mockumentary that highlights the wackiness of pro wrestling. The opening sequence is amazing. After that, it's a little uneven, but it's a lot of fun. There are a lot of great cameos by real wrestlers, and the movie manages to satirize the sport without being insulted. IMDb says, a documentary crew sets out to unravel one of professional wrestling's most closely guarded secrets. Is former champion Mad Dog Joe DeCurso now wrestling as the mask? <laughs> I have never heard of this movie. <laughs> Me neither. But it's Grunt, 
the wrestling movie. Should say grunt exclamation point the wrestling movie. <laughs> no, it sounds pretty awesome. I've uh, never heard of it, never seen it, obviously. But Mr. Positivity, you know, he he brings us some good stuff. He does, here. and he also he has his own movie podcast, the Watch This Movie pod- Podcast, also known as WTM. Thank you for the dare, Wolfie, and uh, uh, everybody check out the Watch This Movie Podcast, please. Corky, you remember I told you people love our holiday themed episodes I they think that love was like them 7 minutes ago you told me that they, they eat them up with a fork and a spoon both of those things corky number 4 when you think of this movie almost everyone thinks of one scene and two words garbage day <laughs> that's right silent night deadly night part 2 The movie that is one-third just Silent Night, Deadly Night (laughs) recap footage. (laughs) And the other two-thirds is, like, even weirder. Even weirder. I actually recently re-listened to this episode. Oh, really? Awesome. And I don't think we properly conveyed just how bananas the scene is where they're watching the movie. The movie theater. I was just going to think oh, about that. That's that. That haunts me. That haunts me, that scene. It's so amazing. It's so it, like a sketch it, from the kids in the hall could yes. not be that weirdly funny. <laughs> no. It's pretty amazing stuff. See the movie if you mm-hmm. haven't. Because uh, this is one I, I actually gave it a – Reverse dare, one of mm-hmm. my few reverse dares in the in the whole history of the show. I thought it was just absolutely hilarious and and fascinating and amazing. But and I, I still have not seen Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first film. Yeah, you I mean, have. Obviously, I mean, we have, we have because you watched. Well, I've seen all the highlights, but I haven't actually watched <laughs> the movie, so still kind of curious about the film. But yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two, our fourth most downloaded episode of all time. How do you like that? Nice. People do love the holiday episodes, don't they? Our next air comes to us from fellow movie podcaster Julio of the Contrarians podcast. He's also known as Julio of the Christmas with the Cranks fame. He dared us that fantastically bad movie that we just recently reviewed. Yeah, just this last Christmas or Thanksgiving, whenever we did. His new dare is Sex and Death 101, which also could have been Christmas with the Cranks alternate (laughs) title. Because I think Bev... Bev finally died of that cancer that was plaguing her. This is the 2007 movie written and directed by Daniel Waters, screenwriter of another Dare Daniel film, Vampire Academy. And it stars Simon Baker and Winona Ryder, people with uh, verb last names. No, adjective last names. But adjectives of doing verbs. So, I mean... Kind of when you think about it. (laughs) Why did Julio Darius this movie? He says, from Daniel Waters, the writer of Heathers, comes a really dumb sex comedy? Will probably go down easier if you are a fan of Simon the Mentalist Baker, but I was lured in by the promise of Winona Ryder as a Black Widow kind of serial killer. At any rate, it's not good. It's not funny. But I feel like it's trying to say something and it has a solid cast. So maybe you guys will find it a worthy experience or not. Either way, should be fun to hear you talk about it. The IMDb synopsis of Sex and Death 101. A guy's life is turned around by an email, which includes the names of everyone he's had sex with and ever will have sex with. What? His situation gets worse when he encounters a femme fatale writer who targets men guilty of sex crime. Ouch. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound very good. No. And certainly Daniel Waters, after being kind of a hot property in the late 80s and early 90s, he also did uh, Hudson Hawk, he wrote Batman Returns, he, he did a bunch of stuff, but boy, fell on hard times and he has been dining out on Heathers for many decades. <laughs> <laughs> many decades. I mean, great movie, but Jesus Christ, Danny. And this one looks absolutely brutal. It, 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 this, he's written and directed as well, so he's really got his mitts all over this one. So, yeah. um, Vampire Academy was a absolutely brutal, brutal experience, and this one looks pretty bad too. Just the description of it, though, when, when honestly, when somebody like is an auteur of these kind of movies, he wrote, directed, like this was his baby, mm-hmm. and then you read it, it's about like kind of being a <laughs> shitty dude. You're just like, uh, what are you trying to tell us? Like that guy who made that Shaniqua movie or whatever. It's like, oh uh, my God. what's your point of view, pal? Loquisha. Loquisha, yeah. Oh, yes. That is a movie I am. Woo, we might have to watch it someday just because that. <laughs> I'm terrified of that movie. We, we, we uh, read it on the show. By, did Ryan Altieri do this? No, I think that was Wolfie T, wasn't it? Oh, man, you got the good stuff. Next Air comes to us from another super fan, super fan listener, Ryan L. Terry. He has dared us to watch Spookies. That was something we did recently on the show. Mm -hmm. Both reverse dare. Both reverse dares, yes. Took you a little while. It did. uh, You know, I was there right from the beginning, so no big deal. Elvira Misses of the Dark fame. He was also in a tag team, Debutition and the Beast, with Mm -hmm. the unknown person. I can't remember who it was. What do you got for us, Ryan L? Oh, and Ryan also, we're trying to find a boyfriend for Ryan, too, Yes, right? trying to find a boyfriend for Ryan. Do we have uh, a hashtag he, for that? Get Raya Guy. Hashtag Get Raya Guy. How about that? Hashtag Get Raya Guy. I hope you he goes it. by Raya. I hope I'm not just giving him a nickname he hates. How about uh, hashtag Ryan's babe? <laughs> hashtag Ryan babe. He's got to move to Canada, though. <laughs> And also, congrats, Ryan, for the Tampa Bay Lightning winning their second Stanley Cup in a row. Still floors me that Tampa Bay has a hockey team, but they they seem pretty good, and he's a big fan. Oh, Lightning. Is he a big fan? Yeah. Uh, Congratulations, Ryan. That's awesome. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for us? You got Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. And before you go looking for Dude Bro Party Massacre 1 and 2, just be aware, they do not exist. Ah. This is a 2015 film. It's directed by Tom Jacobson. Michael Rousselet and John Salmon. There are three directors for this movie. Stars Alex Owen, sorry, Alec Owen, Ben Gili. That's got to be a o- pseudonym. And Olivia Taylor Dudley. I think just after that movie just became a huge hit. It was Everyone was changing their name to Gili. Why? Do you want us to watch Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, Ryan? He says, it's a brilliant satirical horror movie that riffs on the tropes of slasher films. This movie is so ballsy that it completely skips the first and second ones and goes directly to the tertiary installment. Nice. This hilarious campy movie knows what it is, and it rocks it. Furthermore, it gender bends nearly every element so that a group of frat boys instead of sorority girls can be tormented by the mass slasher. More than a satire of 1980s slashers, this movie actually has many layers and delivers some rather thoughtful elements as well. IMDb synopsis, in the wake of two back-to-back mass murders on Chico's frat row, loner Brent Chirino must infiltrate the ranks of a popular fraternity, to investigate his twin brother's murder at the hands of a serial killer known as Motherface. I've never heard of this movie. Corky? No, I've never heard of this movie either, man. <laughs> uh, 
Although it sounds kind of like Slumber Party Massacre, which was meant to be a takeoff of horror movies. And, uh, but they actually kind of played it straight when they made it. They didn't get the in joke. Mm-hmm. Great Dare, though. It sounds really good. Right up his alley for sure, because it's a kind of self aware sort of yep. horror film. That's he really is into horror and he that investigates all the tropes. So it sounds really interesting. So, Ryan, we'll see. Corky, I mean, are, are any of these popping out at you? You got to well, pick a winner by the end yeah, of the show. But I will say that I've actually been to Chico's frat row. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Halloween. I could believe that a serial killer. <laughs> would pray those grounds. Uh, yeah, they are. I've I've got I've got some locked and loaded in my mind of we what I'm got a clubhouse for. leader here, but yes. there's still some hot there's still some hot ones left to come. So don't uh, don't don't get locked in on anything just yet. You know, keep an open mind. All right, Corky. Yes, we're getting into the top three. Ooh, I'm about to reveal our third most popular episode of all time. These, I would say the top three, not only are these our most popular episodes, these are really kind of classic bad movies, like celebrated mm. bad movies, like can truly, I, truly. Can I do this like an MTV countdown show? Number oh, three. <laughs> <laughs> At number three. Corky, I'm going to request that you do two things mm. in honor of this movie. I'm not Thing number naked. one, yeah. Well, that okay. Three things. <laughs> Thing number two, this is your number one's taken care of. Number two, I'm going to need you to drop that zero. Mm. And then number three, I'm going to need you to get with this hero. What, what? What? The movie, of course. It stars Vanilla Ice. Cool as ice. Yeah, Corky. Yeah. Cool as ice. That's our number three movie. <sighs> and as well, it should be. I mean, really. It, it deserves a spot in the top three because not only is it just the a classically horrifically mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening movie <laughs> that is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It's I mean, really we, good. It, there was so much to talk about and it so really much was. just to riff on. And and the more you talk about, it, the more you actually examine. Like, oh yeah, that makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> Why those mafia guys are just ha- are they mafia guys? Are they just hanging outside his door and then they drive away? What's that's what the mafia likes to do they just like to just you know check up on you yeah i will say i mean this is a case where as a bad movie i've known about i mean this movie was considered a bad movie in its own time you know what i mean like it it really has been bad then and it was bad now notoriously bad but i had never seen it and really didn't know anything about it beyond just seeing some previews for it and i think maybe there was a music video tie-in or something like that my impression was that it was kind of like a serious movie. <laughs> and it kind of is, but that's like but that's just like 15 to 20% of its DNA, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of it is this really broad broad comedy. Yeah. Broad, really broad. You remember the couple uh the mechanic and his uh-huh. wife and their whole shtick they they and the whole movie is just the absolutely sight astounding. Gags that are kind of so many sight Tim gags, Burton so many so many like uh, comic sound effects and things like that. It just like really kind of shocking, but also delightful. <laughs> Word of the day. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious, but what a fun episode! Such a good one too. Absolutely, to. Corky. Next mm. air, we are going back to our boy Gunner. Did I tell you that 
Gunner, he had a lot of bullets in the chamber. Hey, wordplay. What do you got for us, Gunner? Fateful Findings. Fateful Findings. Hmm. This is a 2013 film written and directed by and starring Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Why do you want us to watch this film, Fateful Findings, by director, writer, and star Neil Breen? He writes, every show or podcast that talks about bad movies must at one point review a film by true American auteur, Neil Breen. Faithful Findings is a romantic drama, dot, 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 I guess. <laughs> Neil Breen is the writer, director, lead actor, editor, set dresser, and about a hundred of other things, and he is awful at all of them. Neil Breen is like an alien that learned all his knowledge of humanity by watching The Room, Love on a Leash, and Dangerous <laughs> Men. Wow. As an added dare, I dare you guys not to involuntarily shout the words, what the fuck is happening during the final 10 minutes of this movie? <laughs> IMDb synopsis, a computer scientist novelist, that tracks, reunites with his childhood friend, hacks into government databases, and faces the dire and fateful consequences of the mystical actions he obtained as a child? That doesn't make any fucking sense. No. How do you obtain mystical actions? What? <laughs> it's nonsense. I accept your dare because I shout what the fuck is happening on like 95% of the movies we watch <laughs> and about 30% of the episodes we do. There's a p- part of me shouting what the fuck is happening. Uh, Goddamn. It- I can't believe we haven't done a Neil Breen movie. We've never done a Neil Breen. Yeah. Uh, they're have, kind of hard to find. They're, they're not Have exactly you ever seen any like, of his movies? I never have. No. Oh, boy. Yeah. He, he's some like Las Vegas realtor who just <laughs> wants to make movies <laughs> and has a lot of conspiracy theories. Oh, good. Well, money and conspiracy theories is always just a really good combination. Who get you the presidency. Another. Yeah. Another Gunner Pearson dare. And Ooh. it's another. I mean, it, flames are jumping off this. Dancing, it's on, mm. is his dare. It should actually be dancing with an apostrophe colon, it's on, exclamation point. Yes. <laughs> we well, you, speak you out, out apo- the pronunciation of You left out friends. an apostrophe, because that's a, that's a possessive it's. Dancing, <laughs> apostrophe, colon, it, apostrophe, S, on, exclamation point. <laughs> this is a 2015 movie directed and co-written by and starring David Winters, along with Gary Daniels and Ava Fabian. He says, hey guys, I wanted you to talk about my very favorite bad movie, Dancing, apostrophe, it, apostrophe, yes, on. <laughs> this is the type of bad movie that you will remember until the day you die. This Holy movie shit. Does- <laughs> yeah. Which this is does- right after you watch this movie. <laughs> So yeah, it's like the ring that way. <laughs> you got seven days. Sorry, kid. This movie does one and only one thing right, which is that the actual dancing in this movie is pretty good. Literally every other aspect of this movie is wrong. The directing, writing, acting, and characters are wrong. The shots, cuts, and transitions are wrong. The movie doesn't show or tell. It has a soundtrack come on and just literally describe what is happening in a scene. The movie is shot like the world's most poorly made tourism promo yet. It still somehow managed to get into like 600 theaters. In other words, I love this movie and would love to hear you guys talk about it on the podcast. IMDb synopsis for Dancing It's On. Two young dancers fall in love and eventually work together to win a dance competition. Now that sounds like a wholesome movie. It just sounds sounds fun. Very simple. Very fun. Fun for the whole family. Another just absolutely fantastic dare from our boy Gunnar Pearson. Keep him coming, Gunnar. Yes, please. 
Corky, let's talk about the number two, number two most downloaded episode in the history of the show. Another really just legendarily bad movie. So maybe we were riding coattails on this one. I will say this movie to me is probably like the bad movie that I have the most connection with. Um, have seen it so many times, saw it in the theater and remember telling people like how awful it was and trying to convince people to see it because it was so absolutely stunningly bad. It stars probably the star that we have reviewed the most on the show, John Travolta. Yes, of course. Oh boy. It's Battlefield colon Earth. Battlefield Earth. That's the number two most downloaded episode in the history of the show. That was kind of surprising to me because I don't remember a lot of people like talking about it or doing anything. I mean, hell of a show. Hell yeah. of an episode. Yeah. And hell, a hell of a movie. It's fucking great. That Pretty is the movie stuff. you want to watch <laughs> and you want to talk to people about and you want to hear people talk about. So I get it. That kind of movie is why this podcast exists. Oh, absolutely. And if you haven't seen it and and would never want to see it, you want to hear us talk about it mm-hmm. in excruciating level of detail. <laughs> get your moon boots on uh, you, with your 12-inch lifts. You need some dreads. Some dreads. Uh, You'll some need nose, uh, a nose plug. monster hands. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then talk about leverage for like the next three hours while you watch this movie. <laughs> oh, wait. Tilt yourself slightly at an <laughs> yes. angle. Get yourself and a And if you angle. could slow everything down for no reason. <laughs> Go to Fort Knox. Go to Fort Knox real fast. Fuck, that movie's bananas. Oh, really, really fucking is. The next dare comes to us from Jaina Sinclair. Jaina is of Dangerous Men, Street Fighter, and the Fanatic fame. Some really good episodes there. We haven't heard from Jaina in a while. No, I wonder if she's still listening. Her movie dare is Whore from 1991. This movie is directed and co-written by Ken Russell, stars Teresa Russell, no relation, Benjamin Mouton, and Antonio Fargus. Why did she dare us, whore? Quirky, she actually sent us a clip uh, from whore as her dare. It's only an 11-second long clip, so I'm just going to play it for you right now. This is her dare for Ken Russell's 1991 film, Whore. I want to fuck you up the ass. You could stick it up your own, asshole. (laughs) I would if I could, bitch. So there you go, it pretty much explains itself why Jaina <laughs> wanted us to watch this film. You heard it. You all heard it. Corky, our next dare, it comes to us from Ben Parker. Do you know a Ben Parker? I don't know a Ben Parker. And neither do I. Ben Parker, who dared us this probably like a year or two ago. This is a really, <laughs> I really went deep, deep for this one. Ben, we never read your dare. Now you don't listen to the show. Come back. Ben Parker, what do you got for us? He's got Let There Be Light. This is a 2017 film directed by and starring Kevin Sorbo of God's Not Dead oh, fame. Boy. Co-written by and co-starring Sam Sorbo. What? It's a Sorbo family affair. How exciting is that? Sorbo's <laughs> making his own faith-based films now. Uh, why? Why, Ben? He Because... Ben Parker says, Let There Be Light is literally one of the most hilariously bad faith-based films I have ever seen. And he's talking about the star of God's Not Dead, for God's sake. So that is some real shit right there from Ben Parker. IMDb synopsis of Let There Be Light. 
An atheist goes through a near-death experience in a car accident before converting to Christianity. That's literally what happens in God's Not Dead. Yes, that's Kevin Sorbo in God's Not Dead. Exactly what happens. That is exactly what happens. That's making amazing. Oh, my God. Good stuff. Good stuff. So he's just remaking the same thing over and over again? It killed it. He killed it the first time. Oh, my God. (laughs) But now he's getting his brother in on it, or is Sam his wife? Ooh, good call. No idea. Real Ken Russell, Teresa Russell conundrum Mm. here. (laughs) They actually are not related. (laughs) (laughs) Our next dare comes to us from Rachel Legg. Her movie dare is Old Fashioned. This is a 2014 movie written, directed by, and starring Rick Swartzwelder. Also stars Elizabeth Roberts and Lejean Woods. Why did Rachel dare Old Fashioned? Old Fashioned was filmed in my hometown. And so when I was 15, I became an extra in the film. But when I watched it for the first time at the premiere, I knew that I had been part of something terrible. This thinly veiled Christian flick was released in limited theaters around the same time that Fifty Shades of Grey came out. In fact, at the premiere, Schwarzwelder compared his movie to David and Fifty Shades to Goliath, (laughs) as if both movies weren't absolutely horrendous. After watching Old Fashioned, I have concluded that Schwarzwelder made this movie because he really wanted to write himself as a good Christian man and then force an entire cast of actors to comment on his godliness for 115 minutes. Good luck. The IMDb synopsis, a reformed frat boy opens an antique store in a college town and falls for the free-spirited girl who moves into the apartment above his shop. In time, this unlikely pair fall into a traditional courtship. A reformed frat boy? What? (laughs) I don't know, but again, it's about these movies with these auteurs who they write, they direct. She nailed it. He puts himself as the star of this thing and wants to get across just what a great guy he is and how, you know, it's pretty pretty much the women's fault if he never gets lucky. I just don't understand why an antique store owner and a free-spirited girl make for an unlikely pair. <laughs> what? That sounds like a very likely pair. I, I would bet on that pair. Yeah, Rachel Rachel Legg, or Raquel Legg, I'm not exactly sure, dared us this maybe like two years ago. So I really apologize oh, to Rachel, and hopefully, Rachel, you're still listening to the show and have forgiven us for yes. everything we've ever done to harm you. And uh, I mean, we're just a couple of reformed frat boys. We're just we're the new Rick Schwartzwelders in your life. Mm-hmm. I I'm sorry. Good luck. <laughs> But Although, this is absolutely a, a fantastic dare. I'm, I'm like, does this movie, can I even find this movie? Does this even exist? It's <laughs> like old fashioned. What a stupid name for a movie too. <laughs> I know. It should be like about whiskey drinks. <laughs> All right, Dan, the suspense is killing me. Woo. It's time. So is my Quirky. diabetes. Quirky, it's time. It's time to talk about our number one most downloaded episode of all time and quirky i will be honest it's not that close it's not that close and honestly we've talked about it we've talked about it and talked about it this entire show i should say we've talked around it a little bit we talked about a little film called god's not dead 2 we talked about a little actor named kevin sorbo Mm -hmm. but quirky our most downloaded episode and i it still continues to get some regular listens those posts get regular hits People on the Rotten Tomatoes love it. We rank well for related keywords uh, in our SEO. Uh, God's Not Dead. Corky. Yes. God's Not Dead. The film about a young a young Q. 
in his experiences in college. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, fuck yeah. this guy. No, this he is, is a little fucking fascist in trading who challenges his teacher and forces him to recant. And, I mean, they basically gave away the ending in the description of uh, Let There Be Light, which is right. that he's hit by a car and recants on his deathbed. And is then... Forced, is forced to Forced convert. to recant. Yeah. On his deathbed, they they withhold medical treatment, basically, yes. until he does. And then, as he's ascending to God, he's in the lap of God. <laughs> Motherfucking water boys are on stage shitting on this dude. <laughs> just, like, ripping him apart, getting the crowd to boo him. It's like, he's with Jesus. <laughs> he's with Jesus now. What the? You're booing him. <laughs> My favorite part of that movie is the date with Dean Cain and oh. the 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 totally beset Job character because she says my cancer came back and his first response is like I'm out you know <laughs> let's check please uh, this is just too much <laughs> there is not a fucking second of time that he takes that information in before he dumps her ass for having <laughs> cancer again. Again? Again with the cancer? <laughs> yes, God's not dead. People yeah. cannot get enough of that God's not dead. And Great I think episode. It's a really good episode. We really went into it. We went deep into it. Yeah. We got really in there. And I think a lot with a lot of people, again, it's just one of those things where it just seems like maybe a bridge too far. A, in the sense that why would I ever watch this unless I'm like one of the evangelicals who is right in this movie's wheelhouse, but also like B... We're going to offend a good chunk of our audience by even talking about this movie because mm -hmm. it just it paints Christians in the most unflattering light you could possibly imagine. I just think of like this movie's idea of a great Christian is the Duck Dynasty guy. <laughs> That's like they they put him up with Jesus. They they they're yeah. like same level. Right. It's as long as you can turn your Christianity profitable, you are to be commended. <laughs> So those are our 10 most popular episodes. I'll recap real quick. God's Not Dead 2 at number 10. Angels and Demons. Love Actually at number 8. 7, Ultraviolet. 6 is the Fifty Shades Trilogy. Kurt Cameron Saving Christmas comes in at number 5. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, number 4. Cool as Ice at 3. Battlefield at 2. And our most downloaded episode by a lot is God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead. But Corky. Mm. Not everything is fucking God's Not Dead. All right, man? There you know what I mean? Some of these things, they don't hit. They just don't hit. There is an omega to every alpha. True, true, true. So we have a most downloaded list, so let's have a least downloaded list. So for this, same rules apply, total downloads. I cut out anything very recent. So basically anything from the mm. last you know five or six months or so. I, gotcha. I kind of cut out stuff from this year just because not, not not a fair competition. Bottom five. Number five, Monuments Men. Yeah. No one wanted Monuments Men. No one wanted it. No, no one, one wanted it. it. No one wanted it. No one needed it. Because honestly, I would say number six is Suburbicon, <laughs> the other George Clooney directed movie. Wow. Like, no one wants this shit. Fuck the George Clooney shit. I don't know what was going on there. Number four. This to me is kind of a travesty because this is a good episode and I do a really good Pacino impersonation. Revolution. Yeah. Revolution. Come that on. That makes me sad too because I We're going to really... take the furs up the river. <laughs> you sound so Scotch New English. <laughs> 17th 1776 18th century Scotch North English. 
That is a really good episode of the Hugh Hudson movie from the 1980s starring Al Pacino and Natasha Kinski, the most unlikely romantic duo in any fucking movie. That's like the standard now when you talk about like, why are these two people together? Just because the movie says that the man and the woman has to be together? Yeah, that's it. That's the only reason. Number three, speaking of couples that should or shouldn't be together, Holidate. What? I yeah. Did I, I say that our, loved our our holiday movies? They hate them. They absolutely hate them. Holiday, our third least listened to, and at number two, get ready for it. Holiday engagement. This is this is ridiculous. It is feast or famine with these Christmas movies. I'm telling you, you people have to go listen to these. These are not only Christmas movies; they are also kind of hallmarky Christmas movies. Yeah, which is what I mean. Whole podcasts are dedicated to that format. This there, this is this is a failure of us, Dan. That these True. are not more well known. No, I agree. Uh, because also feast or famine for episodes with Gav. This is a <laughs> Gav episode. Holiday right. engagement. Yeah, love actually is in the top ten, but unfortunately, holiday engagement in the bottom two. And I, I'll I'll take credit for this one because the dare, if you remember, was any netflix or hallmark christmas movie mm-hmm. so i just I, there's thousands there's thousands yeah. how do you even pick one so i went in and i just picked one based on how unliked it was on letterbox and it turns out it's not a- even a fucking christmas movie it's a goddamn thanksgiving movie what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> fuck this fucking shit fuck you oh i try and i fail but Corky, number one, least listened to our least classic listened. episode of the show this is disappointing honestly yeah. Although I'll say, you know what? Maybe it's a it's a blow against like racism and racial stereotyping and all those kind of things. But it's probably not. I don't know why it's not one of our better listened to episodes. I thought it was a great episode, a terrible movie. Great episode. It stars. I mean, when you hear that this duo made a movie together, Jay Leno. Oh, and Noriyuki Pat Morita. How do you what? not? How does your blood pressure not just start like quickening? Like, how are you not like sweating profusely, dying to listen to this episode to hear us talk about a Jay Leno Pat Morita movie? Yeah, Collision Course, Collision a Course, dared to us by your wife. That is true. Yes, yes. after she saw it on uh, on cable and was like, "Are you kidding me? This is an actual movie." It's like, yeah, <laughs> "Dare it, dare it." Yes, it's, and it's also uh, a, a guest of ours, Ben Rice, mentioned that movie as like one of his favorite episodes that he l- listens to. It says we were great on it. It's and a good episode. Yeah. It's a really good episode. Go wow. back if you've never listened to it and you like the show and you're a fan of the show. Go back and listen to that one. Help us out on that one. Check Pump, out. Pump it up course. with a few extra extra listens there. Quirky. So I, we talked about a whole bunch of episodes. We talked about our top 10. We talked about our bottom five. Yeah. At least in terms of popularity. We've talked about a bunch of other episodes during the show. What's something that wasn't in that top 10, wasn't in that bottom five, that sticks out to you as being like a really great episode that people should go back and check out? One that I find myself like surprised hasn't done better is Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah. Warcraft. That was such a fun because the movie is not that bad, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we had a lot of fun talking about it, but it seems like it would have such a built-in fan base of people wanting to check out uh, vi- the video game aspect of it. Uh, it's got a good cast, you know? So I just thought – and it was it was huge in China. Um, so I just thought – And we, so are we. <laughs> exactly. I thought people would check it out. And uh, 
I love it because it it cracks me up because the whole way through, we just start playing off the ridiculousness of the movie. Um, so yeah, Warcraft. I think I'm surprised. I wish it was more on the the most listened to. Yeah, that was a really really great episode, and I I feel like again I don't I don't listen to podcasts or know what podcasts are exactly. I think it's like a radio on your computer, something like that, something like that, Dan. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like it's one that maybe not enough pot of the bad movie podcasts have really dived into. And I mean, it, it is bad. I mean, yeah. we both thought it wasn't like the worst thing ever, but it's definitely bad. It definitely was a a bomb, a big time bomb everywhere except for China, basically. <laughs> um, with a big built-in audience that did not go to see it. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, kind of an interesting one there. For my uh, pick of a, an underrated episode, there's a lot that I think back on that are really, really fun shows to me. Like I remember, obviously, our first episode, Grudge Match, very memorable, just going and, and just kind of creating the format as we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't Stop the Music is an early episode that, yes. that sticks out as being super, super fun. Another early one that is underrated, Rawhead Rex. Yes. Also yes. a really good early episode people should go check out. But I'm actually going to pick one that was kind of recent. Because I sort of had a, a a reaction to it like you had with Warcraft, which was bad movie, but man, it was a really good episode. I remember Christmas with the Cranks, which we did last year for the holidays. It wasn't on the bottom, along with holiday engagement and holiday. <laughs> Maybe we over oversold on the holidays <laughs> this year. We we put our, we put our stuff out too early. Classic merchandising error. But I just remember listening to that show and being like, damn. Like, we hit it. Like, this is a really good episode. Like, usually I listen to it, I think, good episode. We did a great job. But this one, I just felt like front to back, we were both on. We both had a really good time just shitting all over this movie. And it's a really bad movie, too. Mm -hmm. And it's really stupid. And the whole concept of the movie is really stupid. And it just perfectly kind of captures the shallowness of, like, our error in a way that it did not intend to at all. So that's a great episode. So go back and check out Christmas of the Cranks if you have not listened to it. Or, you know what? Hang on to it for a few months. Pull it out again in November. You know what I mean? Like, really holiday it up. But if you want a Christmas in July, Christmas with the Cranks is a really, really fun episode. I thought we were both crushing it on that one. You know what else? Now I'm just, they're popping in my head. Transylvania. Oh, uh, yes. Constantly trying to figure out why the fuck was this so complicated. China salesman, just the ridiculousness of that movie. I mean, the movie's batshit insane. Fever yeah. pitch, your breakdown and fever pitch of <laughs> how the fuck does this man afford this these tickets and the the <laughs> through line of just that I've tried to this day tried to figure that shit out. And Mac and Me, Mac and Me, which you were uh. fucking plowed for, was such a great movie that we recorded in a very packed, crowded. Um, uh, where, where, where's that sack? Sac City Brews, Sac City Brews, which is still there in uh, Tahoe Park here yeah. in in Sacramento. Go check them out. And and it, we, it comes through that we're just having a ball with all these yes. people around. That is another one that I definitely remember as being a really fun show. And if you want to hear me very drunk and talking <laughs> way too loud about back at me, <laughs> trying to be heard over a lot of crowd of people, <laughs> that's the one. That is the show, man. Yeah, a lot of fun, fun stuff. 
But we want to bring it back to, again, our listeners and just thanking everybody who has been with us, people who are with us from episode one, people who caught on maybe just last episode, people who are listening to this several years in the future. Ooh, not talk about wormholes. Fuck that. Wow. Yeah. No, did I just blow your fucking mind? But yeah, it's really just about thanking all of you for listening to the show. I'm kind of amazed that people listen to the show. I know. 20,000 listen, 20,000 downloads now is what we're approaching, which when you to compare to some other shows, you know, yeah, it's not very much, but for a pretty goddamn niche show in today's day and age, it's pretty amazing. And obviously there's family members, there's close friends, our spouses and who listen to the show. There's people who we maybe kind of know through a guy or a guy. And then there's people who we've never met you and we don't even know who you are and you listen to the show. So it's yeah. just really impressive that you guys listen to this very strange niche show that was never really intended to be a widely listened show. It really is just, this is like a classic sort of a podcast kind of a thing. I I, I feel like if we had put this out like 10 years ago, We'd be like huge podcasters right yeah, now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like back in the day when podcasting was just starting, like an A-list podcaster wasn't even a D-list anything else. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was like mid-tier comedians interviewing low-tier comedians. Yeah. Like this, it was like nothing. My wife listens to a show that is Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Are you not all successful in your chosen fields? You got to have this too. You got to steal this thing too. Corky, there is a show with Barack Obama (laughs) and Bruce Springsteen. These are two of the most recognizable human beings on the earth (laughs) by all humans on the earth. And they have a show together. Like, what the fuck? It's impossible. You can't, like, you can't even compete with that now. But honestly, that so many people have listened to the show, supported the show, donated to the yeah. show, dared the show. I mean, it's it's amazing. And I feel like through that, we've actually able to stay true to what we are. If all that we ever wanted was donations and downloads and all these crazy stats, this would not be a show called Dare Daniel about <laughs> us shitting on movies no one's ever fucking heard of. <laughs> if all that I wanted was that... And all I all I wanted was listens and downloads and social media shares and shit. This show would be called the Movies Hooray Star Wars Disney Marvel <laughs> Superheroes Are the Best DC Yay the uh, Harry Potter Movies Forever Yay Win podcast. It I, wouldn't be called. You know what I mean? Like it might be. An it's pretty fucking title. easy. <laughs> it, <laughs> it might not really fit on the player, but it, you would get the point across. <laughs> But yeah, we really do appreciate everyone who has ever listened to the show, ever dared us a movie, ever made a donation, ever done anything. You well, are absolutely amazing people. Absolutely. And now I just want to say, you know, I started this podcast now four years ago just to start talking movies with my friend and talk about uh, really bad movies. Johnny brought us together. You said we had this thing that you used to do, Dare Daniel, which I actually contributed to some Dare Daniels before this was ever even a recorded thing. It was just you watching bad movies. Yep. And I, I sent you suggestions. But uh, it started as that, and that's what it still is. It's talking uh, bad movies with my friend, but now I feel like it's talking bad movies with my friend to friends, other friends. It's now they're a part of it. I, the joke is local comedian because I, I, you know, I perform in Sacramento and stuff. Nothing I've ever done will get to Brazil. 
Nothing I've ever done will get to Germany. You know, nothing I've ever done will get to India, uh, New Zealand. We get listens from those places. True. We get nice listens from those places, you know? Um, so it's wonderful to see that and, and connect with people all over the world because, you know, movies are universal. Absolutely. They should make a movie studio named that. Universal movies. You got it. <laughs> and uh, if you've made it to the end of this show, through all the dares and all the lists and all the everything like that, let us know what you want to hear on the show coming mm-hmm. up. Like I say, we're about to 100 episodes, so we're out of ideas. We have no idea. <laughs> but tell us about what do you want to hear on the show. Are there parts of the show that you skip past? Are there parts of the show that you look forward to? Where do you want to see the, sh- the show go from here? What aren't we doing that we should do? What are we doing that we shouldn't do? We actually want to hear from you, especially if you've made it this far. You're a yes. loyal listener. If you're listening so we really now, want to hear from you. If you're listening now, tell us. Do it on social media. Do it via email. Whatever you got to do, let us know what you want to hear, what parts you skipped, what parts you go through two times fast, and do you trim silence? Do I say to um too many times? Let let us know. Are you enjoying the cocktails? You gotta be. You oh, gotta yeah. be because they're fucking good. Gotta be. So I gotta pick a movie, right? Quirky, yes, we have reached the end of the show. You we are at the point where you need to select the film that we will be reviewing next week. It has to be from the many, many dares that we have read during the show. There are so many that that I, I'm 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 conflicted. I'm very conflicted. I, I want to do. You're all winners. I just yes. want to make that absolutely clear. All okay. of you tonight are winners. I really was pulled in by Colin Williams' Dare of the Musketeer. That more so the, than the Seventh that was, Son. <laughs> but that was Marco Cabote. No, Marco did the Three Musketeers. I'm talking about Colin oh, Williams' original Musketeer. Not dare. even the Dare we read on the show. No, not even the Dare we read. <laughs> They'll be rioting. I wanted to. I, I was really pulled in by that Invisible Boy because I wanted to do something really old from the fifties and science fiction, but we kind of talked ourselves out of that. With I feel like with the Mystery Science Theater covering that ground, um, I think feel like we've done a Winona Ryder dark, you know, romantic comedy movie, and sure. I love Winona Ryder. And uh, Julio does it like a Winona month or something like that, so he loves her too. <laughs> But I, I got to say, I got to say, and I, I love looking at TNA. So Phoenix Warrior was up there. Oh, yeah. It's it's Gunner Pearson. I think pierced the veil with this one. And I want to do Dancing It's On. Dancing It's On. Oh, Gunner. It is. It's on. <laughs> I've looked at reviews and it is so celebratedly bad. I, I don't know anything about this movie except that it stars Arab from West Side Story. And that's all I know. And he's got to be like 100 by now. So I want to see Arab from West Side Story, 100 years old, hoofing it on screen. Sounds great. Gunner, gunning for the number one spot. Well, you're you're up, man. You're on deck for next week. You're hitting us again. Mr. Deadly Attraction hitting us up again with dancing, apostrophe, colon, it, apostrophe, yes, on exclamation point. <laughs> so great dares, Gunner. Great dares, everybody. Everybody. Great listening, everybody. It's fantastic stuff. So that is all we have for you on this all dares, all lists, all listener appreciation episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. And now you know which one. Fun.
Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and read us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. You can read more of Daniel's movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Daniel, where can people, aside from the daredaniel.com website, find more of my work? That's it. That's all. That's the only place they can find it. But you can actually find my work on there now. Quirky, I've actually been reviewing movies. Written I saw that, reviews, buddy. Movies that are in theaters. Everything from very small independent films, re-releases of classic movies, and even stuff like Black Widow up on the website now. So I've been reviewing about one thing a week now for the last uh, two or three months. So go and check it out. Give us some hits. Absolutely. Quirky, what about you? Where are you performing at? Sacramento Comedy Spot, inside, having fun, fucking around. Come down, take classes, watch shows, stream us. You can you can do a Patreon streaming thing. Uh, stream the shows that we do on Saturday nights, sackcomedyspot.com. Do it. Uh, Anti-cooperation league, you still do that? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Who have you had on lately? Uh, oh, Mark S. Allen was a guest last week. Uh, local copy editor Kyle Buis was on this past Saturday. That guy's got stories for days. Nice. Very good. And I've been on the show, too. I did not have stories for days. You were so good, though. You were so good. I filled the time. (laughs) You were getting laughs. Well, Dan is very uncomfortable talking to audiences, folks, uh, while they're in front of him. So Dan was looking (laughs) at his shoe the entire time, but he was making people fucking laugh. (laughs) I'm doing bits with no stage presence <laughs> at all. <laughs> Done. Hey, it's I've gotten by. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it works. So for Dare Daniel, I am Daniel Barnes, and I'm Corky McDonald. Saying, uh, I, I, I still think Ken Russell and Teresa Russell are married, or father daughter, possibly, or could be something much worse. Or he changed his name from Nicholas Rogue to <laughs> to Ken Russell. Yeah. Took a step down on that one. Yeah. Hey, see you guys. Love you. Bye-bye.